Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Ling. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returnee from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. So I am really hesitant to give a detailed introduction to this episode because there is a lot to unpack and a lot that I still need to understand. But in a nutshell, illustrator, occupational therapist and courageous soul Hannah, Daisy and I are discussing COVID, the NHS, getting an endometriosis diagnosis, community representation and so, so much more. I really implore you to listen in. I learned a lot from speaking to Hannah and I hope you will too. Okay, so it is the 16th of March, we believe. The 16th of March in 2020. Who remembers that day? I definitely do because I think I was packing my bags and preparing for the apocalypse and going to my mum's house in the Cotswolds, which sounds lovely, but the whole thing was absolutely fucking terrible. But it is the 16th of March, 2020. And Hannah, in this moment, why do you think you've got no friends? So that day was when I think lockdown, the first lockdown was announced and I work in the NHS um, in a mental health ward. And so for me, we were told, don't leave the house, you'll die, uh, don't go on public transport, don't go to the shops, you're only allowed out for, what was it, half an hour or something, I can't even remember. But And then it was like, well, except healthcare workers and obviously key workers as well. Yeah, the next day I just had to go out of the house whenever I'd been told not to and get on a train in central London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had Ben West on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and he we were also discussing the pandemic because, mm-hmm. and we were sort of saying that like everyone sort of seems, we've kind of forgotten it. <laughs> we've kind of just stopped talking about it and it's like it never happened. And there's still so much that is being unpacked. And there is a lot of like in the fallout of this thing in terms of how it affected our mental health and especially young people, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that moment, 
was so extraordinary. And it's like, I mean, like, it was like a little bit like the Hunger Games or something. Like, we sort of got separated into these categories of people who could go out and people who had to stay home. And the frontline workers, like yourself, just going, having to go off and be like, well, I'm I'm going over the top. It's, it's the Battle of the Somme and here we go. Like, it must have been such... And a strange experience. What were your overriding emotions during during that time, I guess, from the start and then rolling on? I mean, from the very first day, I do remember it. I was got on the train and there was no one there. And I was the only person on the train. And then I walked through Clapham Junction Station and there was nobody there. I took pictures. It was so, so eerie. Mm. Um, and I was quite shocked as well because I thought there would be more people who would still have to go out, but it was, I didn't see anybody. And then when we got to work, um, seeing my colleagues, and I'm, you know, I'm very lucky that in a way I did get to go out and see people um, throughout the whole of the lockdown. So I wasn't lonely in that way. Um, but yeah, that day we kind of discussed like how we couldn't really believe it. But then also we had, the patients to look after and figuring out how we would keep them safe and disseminate information and knowing that some people would struggle to understand even what what had happened mm-hmm. um like we even had to print off pictures of like closed shops and things um to show that it you know you can't go out to the shop because one the government says you're not allowed to and two the shops aren't open yeah so that was kind of like the first week but as the pandemic rolled on, it kind of just became normal and then more and more changes were brought in. Um, like at first, we didn't have masks. Um, there were some, but it was a bit difficult. And then we did, and then we had to wear masks, obviously. Mm. Um, and then then we had to wear scrubs, scrubs, which in mental health you don't normally have to wear. So we all look the same. Yeah, that must have been weird. <laughs> very, it was very strange. And also, like, a lot of mental health boards are old buildings. So yeah. in the summer, I was either too hot. And then in the winter, there's, it gets cold. So there right. was that. And then obviously, like, we had staff and patients catch COVID, which at the start was quite scary mm-hmm. um, because obviously we didn't really know what it was. Um, I have to say that my team managed really, really well. Um, so we had somebody early on who had it and then and then a, a couple of years later I can't even remember it's really hard to remember back I think yeah. a year later we had everybody catch it on the ward all the patients and that was probably the scariest oh my god and what was scary I mean the thing that really that really hit me was that we had to lockdown was we were told you can't see your friends and your family mm. You can't go and do your usual usual hobbies, whatever that was, you know, go to the gym or go to the cafe or whatever. You can't travel, yet because it's work, you can. So I ended up spending more time with patients than I did with my friends or family for like two years. Yeah. I started to feel like um, work was more important than life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, still don't really understand how that's still that was allowed. And I think that happened for quite a few people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we had to adjust to this new norm. And we forget, I think, a lot of the time that it was two years. This wasn't like a few months. This was a long period of time. And you were put in a situation where you had to adapt and suddenly you're living a completely different existence to what you were before. Yeah. And and it's almost like that thing of like, how did we come to this? Yeah. How did this happen? So th- after this, this two, were you working on the um the with mental health NHS for those two years for the entire time? Yeah, yeah, the entire time. Right. Yeah. Like one thing that you, that wasn't that you couldn't really see unless you work in mental health <laughs> was you know like services are obviously very stretched. There's not enough resources. And then suddenly the pandemic happened and we had to just like change the way we did everything. Like we weren't allowed, we had to be socially distanced at all times. So you couldn't meet in certain rooms because it was too small. 
you couldn't get close to a patient but what would you do if someone was really upset like you had to make these decisions like to stay away from someone when someone's upset it's not like you don't hug them but you you don't want to be like talking all the way across the room when someone's really upset and doesn't want to shout across the room to you yeah I wanted to ask and this is um you you don't have to um reveal it if you if it's if it makes you uncomfortable but um I've been in a situation when I when I was really really unwell um when I was in rehab and mm. I was having a I don't know what I don't know what they what we call it an episode I guess um where I went into oh it's quite difficult to, I haven't actually talked about this fuck um where I went into like deep very aggressive self-harm and I was and they were very reluctant to in any way restrain or stop me from doing that yeah um and is that I just I'm wondering in that situation when you're not allowed to to touch someone if you if there ever was time when someone was you know a danger to themselves and you weren't allowed to do anything to stop it it's hard to think back and um, yeah it's really sad to hear about your story um I think it's more the way I think about it it's more the human side to it like if someone's really distressed it whether a mental health professional or not you want to go and help them but being far away is difficult but there are procedures in the mental health in mental health where you can put adequate PPE on and then go and help somebody but then again that's not very nice as well you know, how how are you meant to talk to someone if they've got a mask on? It's like um the, the bad the bad guys from ET coming up and like giving you a hug. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from me. Yeah. Um what after after this time, so there were these two years. Did you did you then uh leave um and move on? I'm still there. <laughs> You're still there? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. I thought for, for some reason I thought um I think I confused the move from London to Brighton like with yeah. that change. No, but still, you're still working in mental health. Yeah, so I still work in the same place. So I've well, seen it back to a bit more normal, but there are still procedures that we still have to follow. Like if we were to do CPR on someone, oh, um, you'd have to have a mask, which is funny because none of the masks fit me. <laughs> My face Why? is too cool. I keep failing the um, test. You know, they, so I don't know if anyone knows this, but right. So there are these special masks you have to wear for like situations where you might have to um, do CPR and where like there's vapor that might come out of someone's mouth. So mm. you have to put, have to be fitted for these masks and you put the mask on and you put this like space suit over your head that looks like an astronaut helmet. And then they squirt something into it. And if you can taste it, you fail the test and every single time and this time I, I was recently tested for it and um they I failed it without even having to even taste the thing they were just like that doesn't fit you so <laughs> oh my god it's like the weirdest form of body shaming ever I know <laughs> manners also my main question is what does it taste like it's bitter oh god really they could bitter. at least make it nice no uh, they give you a mint afterwards so <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I'm always just like so in awe of anybody who during this time was like on the other side of of the fence from the rest of us yeah. who were sat and if you were me in the pandemic sat at home playing call of duty <laughs> for like hours I can't, imagine the, I can't imagine the other way around as well yeah yeah it's like uh it's 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 madness it's complete yeah. madness that there were these two absolute extremes of of existence and both had positives and negatives like for me there were positives like I still had a routine I was still exercising because I would walk to the station and walk from there I wouldn't be active all day um I'd still see people yeah there'd be some level of socialization and routine but at the same time it was not normal yeah yeah it was it was retiring yeah and then with nothing to look forward to so every weekend was just like right stay in the house (laughs) oh my god I haven't even thought about that like there was no there was no um what's the word I'm looking for there was no there was nothing there was no kind of comfort in this there was no like end of the week celebration it was going working week and then your purpose becomes stay at home and get through the day though it's it must have just been 
I, 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 it still blows my mind. I know I've already said this, but it went on for two years. Yeah. Two, two years, guys. Two bloody years. That's so much happens in that time. And, yeah. and now, now it just doesn't feel like, like a thing. Um, oh, oh, one thing I did want to discuss. So when I was, it was, I think, November 20, it was November 2020. Mm-hmm. So rolling on towards 2021. Yeah. Um, and I got appendicitis. Mm-hmm. Fun. And uh, in the middle of like a pandemic, it was very strange being in hospital. It was my only experience of seeing the NHS during that time. I was very fortunate. But I was being in hospital not having COVID. <laughs> um was was quite strange and going to surgery but when I was in surgery so I was only meant to be in there for an hour or so doing an appendectomy and I woke up and it was something like six hours later I was like what the fuck has happened where have I been anyway (laughs) turns out um they went in there and they went god your organs are just like one big organ because you have terrible endometriosis oh my god yeah which I know that you also have endometriosis don't you wow that's interesting to get diagnosed by accident as well. Yeah. For me, it's 14 years um, to be diagnosed. I mean, it's it's madness. And I am actually very happy like, to be able to discuss endometriosis with someone on this because I've done a small episode about it. But it is, it's criminally undiscussed and also is so hard to diagnose. And for years and years and years, being in this terrible, debilitating pain yeah. And people just going, that's fine. You're like, take some painkillers. This is what happens. And going, I, I, uh, my Medi- mouth would go like blue. Oh. Medical professionals telling you, oh, it's just normal. It'll just work its way out. It will get, you know, get better. Actually, no, it's not. It's a full disease that can really, you know, for me, the last time I've had two surgeries and the last time was about, seven years ago Mm. and they found that my ovary was fused to my bowel and like mine I don't think is as is that severe as well although it doesn't I mean you can have a tiny amount and be in agony and have massive amount have no pain as well so that's Mm. the other very very strange thing it's the worst it's the worst and also I was um so I teach at a pottery studio sometimes to keep myself sane and I was at work yesterday and now with you know the proper some sort of treatment and also having a laparoscopy it's not as bad as it was, but I felt it creeping in yesterday. I really felt it creeping on. And I was like, oh, hello, old friend. Here you <laughs> are. And come on in then, you bastard. And I, and as and I turned to the other pottery teacher, and I was like, I'm really sorry. I've just got to go sort out my uterus. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit. I made it very, very uncomfortable. Um, so you're an illustrator. Is that yes. right? Yeah, and your there is a series that you've done. I want to I want to get the hashtag right. It's like boring, um, boring mental health, or? boring self care, boring self care. That's it. Hashtag boring self care, and it is so brilliant. <laughs> the small things that you said, like changing changing your sheets, yeah, and the effect that those small things can have on your life, and, and they're also the things that feel very very difficult when you are. Yeah. In, in the depths of it it's um, hard to understand that but yes <laughs> yeah you know I think a lot of people who haven't experienced you know clinical depression anxiety and and terrible mental mental illness won't understand why it's so difficult some days to just brush your teeth mm-hmm. um why it's so difficult to fold laundry to I don't know take the bin out it's there this things that feel utterly utterly impossible yeah um and celebrating the small actions which seem small but are actually enormous to someone who is very who's very unwell yeah and acknowledging that the is i think so important because i mean my mum would my mum would be like why why are the cushions not plumped I mean, like, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't turn the tap on. I'm not going to plump the fucking cushions. I, it's, it's so, it's so awful. And that's that scale of 
you know mental illness and where you are on it and really celebrating those small things so where did what when did you start illustrating what about the self-care range just in general I mean has that I mean, been you've done? there was a start for illustration because I've always drawn but the first kind of I don't know recognition or uh people actually like looking was around was around the boring self-care so that was like 20 17 before that I had done I had made some things like patches and pins and I used mm. to make nail, like nail decals that you could stick on I'm not a oh, nail cool. but that was quite fun I used to sell them and then yeah the boring self-care thing came around and it came out of um me feeling really angry because um around like 2017 I kept seeing people talking about self-care and it just mm. this didn't make sense to me because my profession is an occupational therapist where we look at what you do mm. every day uh and how if like you're aging or if you've got a disability or you've had an accident or mental health and how that affects what we do every day mm. and so I know that like what we do every day in regards to self-care is things like brushing your teeth having a wash using the toilet all of these really basic things yeah, I was seeing self-care and I still see self-care now. I've still talked about it as it's only nice things where you have to spend money to buy candles or. Oh um, my God. It's, I think I'm so or, glad that you're saying this. Which is fine. Like there, you know, that those are nice things. It's not, it is good to like do nice things for yourself, but like a lot of people can't afford to be buying nice candles and crystals mm. um, all the time to make themselves feel good. And also it just, that is erasing what self-care does also mean as well as all the nice things that you can buy and do for yourself but it also I just wanted to like people to see that actually there's lots of different reasons as well like I wanted you know some of the drawings have extra hidden things like for example the um drawing of having a shower is you could just see that as a man having a shower who's just found it quite difficult but also, if you look carefully, he is a trans man. So if someone said that perhaps he has dysphoria having a shower, which I know, obviously, I don't ex- I don't experience that. But, like, that's something someone else read into it. Mm. Um, then in, like, the caption, I would always put extra things, like maybe it's motivation. And I don't mean being lazy. I mean, mm. like, you just, if someone's been depressed, they know, know what I mean. Like, that you just can't. Um, or maybe you need a carer to help you. Or maybe you're homeless and you don't have a shower or you live in a house share with horrible housemates and you don't want to go and see them <laughs> or you're in pain or all of these sorts of things. So I just wanted to like raise discussion ra- rather than like trying to say, I don't know, just trying to say, oh, shower. Sh- yeah, yeah, just like, people to share that everyone's quite different and has different needs. But self-care is includes all of the basic activities as well. Mm. I think this is so important to discuss and I'm so glad that you're talking about it. I had this conversation actually this morning, my friend sent me a voice note um, and it's something we've discussed before about when people look at self-care and healing, there is this quite sort of pretty hazy image around it of it being this kind of floating on a cloud when you go to a spa. And I've got this, like, like you said, really nice candle, or like nice baths and, you know, a massage. That is not... <laughs> <laughs> that is not no that it, like it is a form of self-care but it's almost like a, that's almost like a gift that's like giving a gift to yourself it's yeah. it's like another level self-care actually looks so different and it is not pretty like that it is not romantic it is not something that we want to you know, I can take a picture of my diffuser and my plant over there and put it on my Instagram and go, huh, inhale, exhale, I'm, so, I'm breathing, self-care. No, like w- what I really should take a picture of is the fact that I managed to get my cat shit out of his litter box a little while ago. That Matt was on that one as well. <laughs> that was really impressive that I managed to do that. Yeah. And I, I think it is, these things are so personal. And I've talked a lot before about going, you know, on TikTok with this instant information generation of going five things that will change your life. 
And those five things might apply to that person, but they don't apply to everybody else. And no one's self-care, no one's growth, no one's specific Mm -hmm. you know steps to heal look the same and you need to sort of discover those things with yourself and not push yourself to a level of going this is where I should be it's the same way that no rock bottom looks exactly the same yeah bottoms exist on a different level and I think what you're doing is so brilliant and so just easy I think there's a thing of just being easy to digest and it being friendly and you know comforting and normal rather than shiny and hollywoody it's it's just it's it's so it's so comforting and I think yeah what you're doing is completely completely brilliant um if I'm allowed to ask as well have uh and again you do not have to answer if you're not comfortable um have you suffered with your own mental health um issues yeah yeah, I have. And, you know, during the pandemic, I did struggle with just realising that all I was doing was going to work uh, and not doing anything else. And that was really hard. Um, and then I did, I mean, I struggled with probably mainly anxiety, really, mm-hmm. for my whole life. <laughs> About eight years ago, um, I found myself where I couldn't go to work. And then... Um, I couldn't really describe what was going on. I think. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It probably burn out. Uh, but in the end, that kind of, forced me into um getting private therapy which I know is extremely privileged because not everyone can do it and I did have to organize my finances in a way that I could pay for it which has suffered in other ways like I don't haven't been on holiday for you know a long time um but it was probably the best thing that I did yeah and so yeah I'm still with that same therapist now which is again another pandemic thing because I used to see her in real life, but now because of the pandemic, she now is only remote. So I haven't seen her since um, probably, probably tell you the date, like the beginning of March 2020, I haven't seen her. And I would encourage anyone if they are able to financially to get therapy because it's just not available the same way on the NHS and the same kind of quality as well. Yeah, 100%. It's... Really- um- and I'm I'm really glad to acknowledge it from from a privileged position of being mm. able to get help. And I am extremely fortunate and grateful yeah. for the the chance to be able to do that. And it's um yeah, I think anybody anybody listening, and I I did this for years, so no shame, no shame at all. But I think if you're sticking your money into a new moisturizer because you think that's going to make you happy, mm. it's, it's not. It's not like the, making small sacrifices for your mental health is important. Mm. And it feels really, really difficult and it feels useless. And some people are like, I don't want to waste my money for no kind of gain. But I think the only good things can come from working on yourself and self-reflection and going to therapy. Um, yeah definitely and also having it throughout um lockdown as well yeah all the whole pandemic I was still having therapy and that you know that was really helpful even though uh, via zoom which it still is but yeah yeah it, uh, it, my um my therapist is actually in Austria right okay 
<laughs> never met her she's i've only seen her over zoom um but she's she's brilliant and i am so so yeah. grateful for it and um it's often with therapy that you'll sort of start the session not really or you'll start it not knowing what's going to happen you're kind of like Ugh, and then something will come out in this in this like hour and suddenly yeah. like you've discovered a whole new thing about yourself it genuinely is dear listeners one of the best things that you can do with your time and money so you moved from london to brighton when uh, when did that happen so i moved last year yeah i eventually moved in june um and that came about because because of covid and the pandemic again being in london everyone is like an hour away by train or tube or whatever at least if not two hours and uh because of the pandemic and fear of covid i didn't want to travel yeah so suddenly like even when it wasn't locked down anymore i was still quite scared to be traveling any more than i already was because it was already taking a lot out of me just to get on the train anyway mm. uh, to go to work and so then my life just reduced even more and friends also left as well left london quite a lot of people left and then last year I visited Brighton because I have friends here and we went for lunch in a Greek restaurant, which was quite nice. Uh, I love the specificity of the story. Yeah. It's brilliant. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. It was a really nice dinner. That's why it was in the um, open market in Brighton. Um, and then my friend was like, oh, just why don't you move here, Hannah? And I was like, oh, well, how am I going to do that? I work in London. That's ridiculous. And then started, that just planted the seed and then I thought about it and yeah, I just decided in the end that it was probably worth it. So I do have to commute quite a lot at the moment. But yeah, it's definitely the right decision. It's just so nice to be able to just walk to places and yeah, everything's close. And I went to a concert and I just walked home, which was great. Uh, I went to a club night uh, and I walked home from that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. These things that happen when someone someone suggests you do something, like, why don't you move in? You're like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. And then suddenly you find yourself doing it and it's the best thing you've ever done. It's incredible. It's incredible how these things happen. Um yeah. so uh do you think because I know it's something that I experienced uh, being able to talk to people from a place of experience? Do you think your experience with your with your own struggles with mental health have made it easier to be able to relate to your audience and and talk to people i think in some situations yes both like on instagram and in in my job as well there are just sometimes when i think if you've been in a similar place or doing similar things you can spot when other people are going to be doing it or 100 yeah doing it um and I did work in addiction a long time ago on a detox ward. And some of them would all say the same thing. They'd be like, I know what that person's doing yeah. <laughs> or is it do. And there's definitely like, I don't know, a lot of empathy when, especially when sometimes I've seen people who are very similar to me, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 15 years ago or something. And you just know it's really hard to explain and you just know where somebody is yeah in a way not assuming because you're still listening to what they're saying and there'll obviously be differences but I think the word empathy is very important yeah and I don't know that that it rates high on my list of values and qualities of a person because mm. I think when you haven't experienced really struggling with your mental health to the point when it, it, yeah. it affects your entire life um you can sort of look at it from far you can read about it you know but it makes it very difficult to relate and it can be very frustrating and when you have experienced it, it and you notice those those bits those like jagged edges within them and rather than shoving judgment on or placing your own boundaries or your own like why do I, why don't you do this you'll feel better why that oh my god they're such a bad person oh my god I can't believe they did that you go I see their pain and I see where they're at and being able to sort of explain it and 
I don't know, just make it, just make it easier and make this person, help this person to feel seen yeah, um, and help them recognize the qualities within, within themselves is so important. And it comes, and I think it is, it is empathy and it comes from a place of kindness and yeah. love, not from a place of judgment or anger. It's yeah. just, it's, it's really, it's very gentle. And yeah. I think people who have experienced trauma people who have really really struggled they are my favorite people not because they're i don't want them to have experienced trauma i don't want them to struggle with mental health but they are like the the kindest most interesting great stories but like the best the best people and they have so much so much judgment if someone comes to me now and goes oh my god i'm so i'm so sorry i was so embarrassing last night i'm like yeah my gosh you're fine <laughs> never ever be embarrassed it's okay everyone's just doing their best it's it's all right <laughs> what I think is amazing about you is you have this really your audience just includes so many people so many different different kinds of people and people who are you know battling with their own things or struggling with their own things and all these different journeys like from people who are hard of hearing to the trans community to, um, you know, so many people. What is it that you think unites all these people? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> well, I think at the core I talk about mental health, but I do try to include other people. So, you know, being a queer person myself is obviously I would include queer perspectives. Mm. Um but what unites us, I guess, is still mental health. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> no, it's a really difficult one. It's huge. <laughs> huge. Um, I think it is, it is just, it is mental, it is mental health. Um, because with these things, when, when you have a diagnosis and I always, and I say it pretty much every episode and everyone must be mm. sick of hearing it, but I will never underestimate the power of a diagnosis because being able to, literally check boxes and go yep 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 yep, and be able to connect with other people who have experienced the same things whether they be from a completely different walk of life I think is very very powerful being able to see people as human um and being able to relate to them I think it's just it's just kind of amazing and I think what you're doing is just beautiful because I was saying this um we were t- I was talking to Sarah Keyworth, a comedian, last week, and we were born around a similar time. And growing up in the 90s, there was no community. There was no place to turn if you were if you were queer or if you were hard of hearing. Or it was very, I think it was very isolated. And so in this this day and age, with with someone like you going putting that work out there in such a beautiful and positive empathetic way I just think it's it's really really incredible I think that's the thing about the one of the good things about the internet is being able to connect more with people Mm -hmm. and like with deaf people obviously I don't make work about deafness but I do uh try to share you know because there's so many people now there's so many deaf creators out there Mm. that you can now go to them and learn from them same same with any community really Um, and I think you can't really talk about mental health without acknowledging struggles from different communities Mm -hmm. um, that I will never understand like how black people are more diagnosed with psychotic illnesses more likely to go through being sectioned detained etc have stereotypes put on them, less likely to be diagnosed as autistic, for example, um, all of those sorts of things. So I do try to mention that there's things that we need to be doing mm. more of. Sheds. Oh, yeah, I met um, Chloe Hayden, who mm. is from Heartbreak High. She's an autistic woman who is uh, an actor and played an autistic character. Oh, which yeah. To, I think to critical acclaim, I thought she was very good. Um, and I met her and I posted a picture, but then I was like thinking about actually, you know, who is not represented. It's people who are nonverbal or non-speaking, those who are incarcerated, etc. So I do try to like be thinking a bit more outside of the box because I think the thing with self-care, the way self-care is talked about, it's only really accessible for like 
white rich people yep yep because <laughs> that that's exactly what we see on instagram that is exactly yeah. what we see we see white privileged women sitting on a fucking sunbed in mykonos yeah. that's not it's not relatable guys yeah. and stuff, yeah. ableism as well like the fact that self-care people automatically think self fit means you have to do it yourself mm. when there's loads of people who need help including people with mental health who might need motivation or actually someone to do it for them for a bit but i think we need to acknowledge that as well and that it's just opening up a wider conversation and also i'm not the expert as ot's we're just kind of not the experts we just think about occupation and doing and try and find solutions but often it's learning from other people as well yeah um, which i think is great and it goes back to the internet again you know back in the 90s before the internet we didn't have anywhere to go really i mean um, i guess were support groups and stuff but that wouldn't have been the same thing and it would have only been like local area yeah and you didn't know about them. You didn't get like one well, no. like, accessible. It was just if you came across them by chance. Like it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't something that you could just type into your phone and find straight away. Yeah, these people being so isolated. I think um, I'm so glad that you're here to be able to mention and talk about how this is just enormous, and there are so many people who are unrepresented, yeah. and that. You know, there are, there are so many things I will never even begin to understand. Yeah. Um, and acknowledging that. And I don't, I, I don't know, and acknowledging, I don't know, I guess the privilege of being a white privileged woman is just, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, I don't really have the words to explain like how grateful I am for you opening up that conversation. Um, because yeah. I think I'd be quite afraid afraid to because I'd be afraid of saying of saying the wrong thing I think yeah. I know I constantly I mean even right now I'm like god is this gonna get me cancelled for saying this I don't know <laughs> but you know I interact on Twitter and I see so many people who have not been as fortunate as me to be able to get therapy and get stuck in a system that they're not getting the help they need where sometimes they don't get the care like I mean care as in like someone caring rather than yeah brushed off or whatever but I think it is important to be talking about about that as well that there are people out there who can't can't access any help who might be listening to this and can't for whatever reason yeah um I'm just sort of like a little bit in awe of you to be honest um and just the work that you're doing I think it's um next level wonderful um is it to anyone who is out there who's really really struggling who is listening to this at the mm. moment what is the best advice that you would give to them i think that you're worth getting support even if it's really hard and again that's come from a privileged place because i know that a lot of people get turned away and may have difficult experiences accessing help some people might be able to get it but if you see a gp for example and they are very dismissive go and see another one yeah it might be that they just don't know what mental health is um which happens sometimes um same with you know asking for therapy on the nhs through uh iapt which is improving access to psychological therapies although it's changing i think soon anyway but even that um to just to keep ask asking because I know a lot of people will ask and they just feel like oh well that's it then what's why I'm not worth it yeah I yeah. think yeah I mean I just I think some people are worth fighting for your own health um and then other things which is everyone is a really boring thing that everyone hates to hear but like trying to eat healthily trying to have a routine sleep yeah. medication <laughs> Boring self-care stuff, like, yeah. and uh, and I know it's easier said than done because I made a whole project out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it is it's the the baseline needs. And I've said this before. The baseline needs really, really go out the window when you're when you're really struggling. Um, and taking little little nibbles of things that are familiar really does help. Um, and I've been in the position where I literally have not, I have not been able to get out of bed. I haven't been yeah. able to, I haven't been able to do anything. I couldn't put shoes on the right feet. 
Um, yeah. So if you've if you if you are there now, um, I see you, mm. and I've I've done it too. I would also encourage if there's parents listening who have got children, mm. young people, that they also perhaps get therapy for themselves if they can. I know that again, that's permission to say because I know it's not that easy. But if parents are able to get support from themselves, both to work out their own mental health and also so that they can support their child, I do think that that's really important. Yeah. There's one thing I also want to put out, which I'm not sure if anyone will respond to, but I I think there is also great um, comfort in going to meetings in, in a fellowship of some kind, like Al-Anon. Um, you don't have to, you know, AA, obviously Alcoholics Anonymous, NA, Narcotics Anonymous, those are things that, you know, are very specific for people with addiction and a specific addiction. But there are places like Al-Anon and Coda where you can go and, you know, share what's going on for you with a group of people who will listen and see you and you'll find people that you can talk to and that's that's free that's not that's not something that you have to that you have to pay for and going being in AA has changed my life completely um and so I really really do do suggest it um so uh in this moment my favorite question um what are the things about you as a person Hannah that you really love and are grateful for and cherish oh my god I have no idea I Uh, know right it's so awful (laughs) I have I have no idea um yeah I I actually don't know I can't (laughs) I can give you some if you want (laughs) I mean (laughs) I think that your your talent just like really simple and like very obvious your talent in illustration and drawing your artistic talent is is insanity like i i do watercolors and i looked at my watercolors in comparison to your drawings and i was like oh shit <laughs> that's so bad but like even that is just i think that's amazing i think that you like i said before you know i'm i'm often scared to say things in case i say the wrong thing i think that your bravery your your fearlessness in that area is is extraordinary i think working in mental health in the nhs is you're essentially and I'm I'm saying you I know you'll probably be like nah, but it's just like superhero level of of existence. And I think that all those things about you are absolutely incredible. So I'll I'll give you those. And also also just being kind enough to come on this podcast. Oh thank you. <laughs> That's a very base one. Um so in this moment we've created a new little segment um called Thank You Letters where we ask our guests to send gratitude to say thank you to a person or a place or a thing or something in your life that you want to just shout out and say thank you for being there uh my cat (laughs) yes great one um I just I also just want to mention that I have to be careful about calling mental health professionals heroes because a lot of people will be upset by that I think oh really okay there's some people who I mean, if you just look on Twitter, um, yeah, I just have to be a bit careful about that um, because obviously we work within a system that sometimes is not great and, yeah, we try our best mostly, but there's some people who don't, unfortunately. Uh, What else am I grateful for? Is that a question? Uh, Yeah, my cat, my home, that I have a home. My cat has actually just entered the room right on cue. Oh, my cat's (laughs) weird. I think she she was excited at the start and then... (gasps) What's your cat called? He's called Mickey. Oh, Mickey Michael. Michael. He, he's a he's a fierce codependent, <laughs> but we're we're working on it. He's very he's almost like he's he's like someone's trapped a human in a cat's body. Because <laughs> <laughs> human name, that's why. I know. Michael. I used to have a cat called Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Animals with human names are one of the funniest things in the world. I don't know why it amuses me. So- so much. I, know. I actually know someone with a cat called Susan. <laughs> I love it. I know someone with a cat called Susan as well. Maybe same person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will link your Instagram, Hannah's amazing illustrations and hashtag boring self-care, uh, where you can find her. And do you are you also have an Etsy shop? Is that right? I do, but it's closed at the moment because of moving and stuff so at the moment I'm not selling things I do have a few things on a 
there is a link in my bio uh, to buy things that are pre that you get printed on demand or whatever. So it's not, I'm not selling it, but you can buy some things if you want to. Perfect. I will link all below. And I just really want to say thank you so, so much for taking the time on a Friday. Is it Friday? Days of the week mean nothing. Friday, yeah. um, on, a, on a Friday afternoon, taking the time out to to talk about this and talk to the listeners about really, really important things and things that are difficult to discuss and are not pretty. And I really, I, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. And thank you for talking about your own mental health as well. Of course always love it overshare a classic to the end (laughs) (laughs) thank you join me next week with my guest comedian katie green if you or anyone you know is struggling or needs help with the issues discussed on why do you think you've got no friends please visit the podcast bio where you will find contact numbers with people readily available to give support please get in touch with your stories at either contact at why do you think.com or on instagram at emily underscore lane underscore uk to have your story or thank you letter read on the podcast, please put survivor story or thank you letter either at the top or in the subject line. We really want to hear from you. We don't care if it's a catastrophe story or a small win from your week, your favorite place, person or thing. We are here for all of it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.